Hi, welcome to episode 170, 170 of the Brigadiers Beer Comics and Assorted Geekery Podcast. I am the actor that plays um, Data in the Goonies and the other films that he was in. And I'm, tonight I'm playing a stressed out 35-year-old man trying to host a podcast. Um, he, he, he can play anything in the sky. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that in a wee bit more because he won like every Oscar that you could get. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 In the far right, as far as we're aware, is uh, hi guys. Hello, hello, <laughs> full of energy this evening, lads. Right, um, so yeah, uh, today we're going to chat through our beers, we're going to chat through a wee bit of comments. We're going to be joined later on by the organizer of Lawless, the British comic convention, and friend of the podcast, Stu. Is going to be joining us to chat to us about um, about Lawless in Bristol, um, Colin's favourite comic event of the year, and then planning about what's going on, talking about like uh, the um, the panels that they'll be having, the different events that are going on in Bristol that weekend, and all the comic tie-ins and stuff. And our friends at the Seventy Seven and our friends at the Sentinel are heavily involved as well, so we're great to hear all about that from too. And yep, yeah, and then we'll just round up the the show with our sorted geekery chat which Stu has asked in the um, in our wee group chat if we can chat a wee bit about like the Academy Awards which were the weekends it just meant but yeah, we've got loads of stuff to talk about uh, before we get there can we uh, chat about our beers yes we can absolutely can. who's going first who's, yeah well who indeed um, today I will mostly be drinking, well, for, for my first can, um, Gross, hmm. which not unusually at all for me. Um, is it a New England IPA? Oh, yeah. Like most of the drinks that I drink. Um, this one is a wee bit... Oh, it's not very... Is that a 6.2? 6. 6. It's a 6.5, sorry. Ah. My eyesight, my eyesight is not great at all, but yeah, it's a 6.5%. Okay, yeah. It's fairly strong, but I won't be drinking too many of them. But as always, cloudy like a pint of piss. Um, <laughs> it's a pint of a good New England IPA. And uh, yeah, this one's very, very good. I love a Nipah. Sure. I miss Nipahs. I've had a New England IPA in weeks, actually. Definitely my favourite beer style. And that sort of 6% to 6.5-ish. ABV range is like perfection. I want a delay or something, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. I've, got, I've got a wee comment in the comments. Don't 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 put it up yet. When we come to discuss comics, I want to to just give it a quick shout out. No worries. Um, Stu, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I am drinking a Moonwake uh, Beer Company Armarillo. Double dry hopped pale. This is uh, the cat. Oh, I am the guy's from Moonwake. Police. In, 
yeah, they're 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 doing a they're doing an event in April that I think looks banging, which is like it's like a brewery village village fair, mm-hmm. um, where you can just you can just go and drink a bit like that thing that you like to go to. Um, what's that called? What's the thing out in um, Bowhouse, Bowhill, Bowhouse? Oh yeah, it's like a big farmers market. Yeah, um, Moonwaker doing farmers markets in Leith from their brewery next month. Sounds incredible, ah, awesome. but you can go there. And- this is what Who's the beer here? looks like poured. I mean, look how cloudy this is for like a uh, pale. Like you cannot see my face through this glass. It's very, very cloudy indeed. I know. That's good. All, almost no, it's not cloudy. It's just a shadow of my hand. But yeah, the cloudiest. I'm not sure if that's because it's double dry hopped, and that's that's just kind of throwing off the clarity. But it's nice. It's got like a, a real piney bitterness to it and, and I think that's purely down to the fact that it's, it's been dry hopped mm-hmm. Excellent yeah. Do you know, when, when I seen the name the, the moon, Moonwalk? Moonweek Moonweek moon um, I, 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 I was doing as I normally do I was I was sitting on a YouTube half an hour or so ago and it just keeps on throwing videos at me mm-hmm. and it threw a really interesting video at me about how, um, how Sam Rockwell dances in every movie that he's in <laughs> um, if you're going to check it, and he's in some incredibly good, he's, he's the most underrated actor in Hollywood for me. He's just like you know a leading man who's not a leading man, but he's very very good. Um, but just a combination of that and looking at your video, and I've just remembered how good Moon is. Um, oh yeah, I just thought I would mention it before the thingy that like if you haven't seen it, get on there. Some work was good in like I say almost everything he's ever been in, but uh, Moon in particular. Yeah, you said that. Uh, you should send that um, that we. Voice snippet to Moonwake Brewery. Your beer reminds me how good Sam Rockwell is. <laughs> you can use it on their cans. <laughs> I think we can, we can all agree Sam Rockwell's very good. Sure. Yeah. He was in something I watched last year where he plays like a like a, a water park attendant or like a water park manager. Enduring. Oh, yeah. It's called like the Way Way Back or something. That's right. Yeah. It's a good week film. It's on Disney Plus. I watched it because he was in it, and he is great. Like I love those we come in the age films, and uh, he's, he's brilliant. He's, he's brilliant in Moon. He's, he's he's in this movie called I think is it Mister uh, Wright, where he plays like a an assassin type thing. That's he's just like, oh yeah, with Anna Kendrick. It, yes, and he's just he's he's the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs> Um, yeah. and everything always goes right for him, and it's just it, it, it's just it's an amazing movie, an amazingly underrated movie. Mm. It should have been up there with, with nobody and, and John Wick. Um, right. for some reason, wasn't it? I, I remember seeing it at the Edinburgh uh, Film Festival yonks ago. I think that was as far as I'd ever heard of it. Like, showed up yeah. in like the festival circuit, and then you just never really yeah. saw it again. And it's incredible, it's an incredibly good movie. Mm-hmm. I just always and, for Sam Rockwell for me is always Galaxy Quest, always Galaxy Quest. He's Galaxy Quest, <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Uh, uh, three billboards, three brilliant billboards. three billboards. Yeah. I mean, he's even in like that first Turtles movie, isn't he? He's like, like a teenager. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He's a, he's one. Of, he's like warehouse thug number two or something, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, he's, so he's in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obviously, he's in the Marvel Cineverse as well because he's. Um, you know, oh, he's, he's, he's Iron Man's like he's hammer. Oh, Iron yeah. Man 3. Um, you know, the, 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 the sort of rival tech guy. Uh, rival he was almost tech, like a Steve Jobs. Guy. 
Yeah. State character. He comes on the stage. I remember he's hammer, isn't he? Hammer, yeah, hammer, yes. So yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've, I've like derailed the the beer talk so that we can talk about Sam Rockwell. It's not Sam Rockwell night. <laughs> anyway, uh, my last note about Moonweek. But then, yeah, tonight's, uh, uh, tonight's tonight's podcast is sponsored by the Sam Rockwell Management Company. <laughs> I, I just realised what uh, earlier this week what Moonweek actually is, and it is the moon's reflection on water is a Moonweek. So okay. all their cans have like this the central symbol, but it's just the moon reflecting. Beautiful. So the reflection of the moon is a moon week. And I thought, ah, that's actually quite not quite clever, but um, clever for the I'll name my beer company after that and make that the main focus of all our can designs. Yeah. So lovely. But no, I got a, a box of like seven other yeah, um, beers. I, I had a can of them when we were. Sorry, over no, no, I was finished. You could go ahead. No, I've just seen. I've had a can of Moonweek when we went to Lost in Leith last year. Um, right. Yeah, we we did a we did a Lost in we did a, a Lost in Leith drink with uh, Gustavo and all these other comic creators like um, Barry Lumsden was there and Drew Marr was there and um, um, Paul Sorensen and a. Uh, me and Andrew. Oh wait, was that when you were sitting really drinking in the caves? Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I remember that picture. Yeah. We had a really, we had a really nice, uh, we had a really nice afternoon. But they, they were selling cans of Moonweek in there. It's pretty cool. Mm. I had a can just because I hadn't had one yet. Um, lovely beer, lovely beer. Yeah. I'd never heard of them until I got my uh, Christmas advent calendar, which was all Edinburgh based beers. And I had two tins from Moonweek. There was like a lager and a pale ale, and they were bloody good. So I kind of make the mental note of look these guys out next time I get paid and order a box. So yeah, I grabbed yeah. like one of each of their core beers. Um, it was like a mixed box that came with a tumbler, and I emailed them saying, Ken, I really do need another tumbler. Could you just give me like that wee spear instead? And he's like, Yeah, sure. And they switched out for me. It's like when you when, when you thingy beer and you get boxes and you, you, you do get tumblers and when when people know that you're a beer fan, you yeah. get boxes of beer and tumblers for oh, every yeah. birthday and every Christmas. And w- w- once your kids are a bit older, you'll realise you also get these for Father's Day as well. Um, <laughs> Best so, ever, you know, yeah. And whenever, whenever my son's going holiday now, they bring me back a big glass. Oh. You know, <laughs> massive things from. Amsterdam and stuff like this. Oh, good God. Yeah. These like massive glasses that, that didn't even fit in the cupboard anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glasses that you, uh, these are glasses that you um, uh, appropriate on nights out. And yeah, yeah, and then you appropriate glasses on nights out as well if you, if you find a really nice glass. Um, <laughs> like the neck oil, the neck oil glasses. Is it the neck oil glasses? Yeah, yeah they are. He sends I've me a, a lot of tumblers. I've got. Tenants, banks, is and it's like, I don't need these. You're upsetting my wife. Stop it. I know. The worst, I the worst the beaver, I've got a beaver town one. one. <laughs> I bought a beaver town one, and then yeah. that, I, I bought a beaver town one, and then my, my wife brought me another one that she found on a night out. Um, and then we were in a pub somewhere where they were doing half pint glasses of them. So I took one of the ones as well. <laughs> that was right. That was, in a, that was in the Irish place. And then um, in Dunfermline, when we were with uh, yeah. David Cannon, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to admit online where I steal my glasses from. Oh, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll just say that yeah, it, it was Malloy's or whatever like that is. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> Wasn't the, uh, the same David Carana that said, "Stop stealing pint glasses." David, who's in the, who's actually in the, in, in the, the, you know, he's in this thing, and um, in in the industry, and he's like, "We hate it when people steal pint glasses." That was saying to him, "Is it not built into the?" You know, you, you lose certain amount. That's why when you've got these fancy glasses, you, you expect them to get stolen. <laughs> and then he was there right, yeah. on the day, the same day, 25 minutes after that, probably. Oh, this is nice. Oh, <laughs> I, I remember oh, last yes. day, so I was in Edinburgh staying over, and they had like room service. They had like the, the Edinburgh Pelosi Hell's Lager uh, that you could order to the room. And I said, like, I wonder if it comes with a glass. Bugger it, I ordered it, and it did. So that, that's uh, uh, on top of the kitchen cupboard. But <laughs> Every time you go on holiday, like I say, I'm away next week um, from, from the Saturday. Whenever you go on holiday, the first thing you've got to do the first night is get yourself a glass so you can take back to the room so that you're, mm. wee, you're wee, you know, one euro fifty cans of a lager that you've got sitting in the room for when you go back up to the uh, balcony. You've got something mm. to drink so that you don't feel like a barbarian or drinking them out of the wee glasses for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to very quickly fire on about my beer, um, which isn't that amazing, and then... Well, Sue's waiting. Has waiting very patient in the in the green room for us. So, um, I I thought for some reason I would really enjoy just trying something European. So I was in Asda today, and I, I grabbed this bottle of a Beneficio Angelo Poretti um, Lager, brewed with four hops. Apparently, um, it's it looks like. It looks like a lager. It tastes like a lager. It's 4.8%, so it's a wee bit stronger than a lager it normally would be. That bottle was two quid. Um, but a wee, a wee dive into the label actually tells me that it's a premium lager brewed, brewed and bottled in the UK, despite all its... Uh... Like the other Moretti. Sorry, that's yeah. Peretti, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's, it it can't say whether it wants to be Peroni or Moretti, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> But yeah, it's brewed and bottled in the UK by the Carlsberg Marsden Brewery Company in Wolverhampton. Ah, yes. <laughs> we, we, we've spoken so. about this in the past. I think we, we, we Mark Abnett and stuff like that as well. There's so many what look like or, or pretend to be independent breweries or independent beers. When you actually drill down a wee bit, um, they're produced yeah, yeah. by one of the big, you know, one of, yeah. one of the big four or the big five or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But is, is it a nice it's beer? Really That's cool. the thing with me. Is it a nice it's, beer? It's okay. I probably would just stick to Carlsberg going forward, to be honest. Yeah. Um, four point, it's a 4.8% lager, so it just feels a wee bit punchier, um, yeah. a wee bit bitterer, a bitterer more bitter than a, than a standard lager. So um, it's okay. It's not, not, but, not a breakfast lager. Um, not Jeff, breakfast. Not a, <laughs> what is it you call a breakfast lager again? A sharpener. A sharpener. That's <laughs> what <laughs> What? That's me, right? I enjoyed that. I enjoyed my sharpener that morning, despite the, the aggro I got from my colleagues for doing so. We're going, we're, we're going yeah. down again this year. We'll do it again this year, no doubt. Breakfast sharpener, absolutely. Right. Uh, um, okay. Because I imagine that's why most people tuned in this week. We happen to be really lucky to have Colin Max. Well, as one of our um, 
officially one of our crew. We just kind of kind of let him do his stuff, Brugader, despite having explicitly stated on multiple occasions that he no longer wants to be associated with us in any way. But um, as long as as long as uh, as long as uh, as long as I can still sneak into his car to get to Comic Cons, I'll still call him a Brugader. Um, yeah. But yeah, Colin's favourite con uh, is organised by this week's guest. Um, Sue is the amazing organiser of the Lawless Comic Con down in Bristol. Um, last year's event was a blockbuster. It was, um, um, but yeah, um, on top of that, she's um, got her, some of her own stories in, published by Fox Spirit, by Grimbold, by Frederick Press and others. Um, um, thank you, Amazon, for this uh, coming up with a, a really good um, bio, so I don't have to make one myself. Which our interests include drumming, painting, and organising Comic Cons, such as Lawless. So, without further ado, please welcome this week's guest. Hi, guys. Hi, Sue. Hi again. How you doing? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. It just seems like yesterday yeah. we had you on talking about Lawless. It really does, yeah. Thing, so, the years fly by. <laughs> Yeah, it really, really does. Yeah, I get about six months before I stop thinking about it. It's like, oh, I'm going to November, right? I better, I better do some organising. <laughs> I better yeah. do some work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been uh, it's good to see you guys again, though. You've been all right. Yeah. Cracking, cracking. Mostly, does it get easier? Like, every year it gets bigger, and, and so you have less to do, well, less work to, to promote last it. Year was last still... year, sorry, was... Oh, I mean, you're breaking up, so i got somebody coming in and... <laughs> Okay, um, so, yeah. I think the question I asked was, was you know, does, does it get easier? You know, as it gets bigger and as more people know about it, do you have to do slightly less work to promote it or are you still? It's still full on. It, it's definitely got a timetable to it now. So I kind of know where I'm at at each, you know, it comes in peaks and troughs and, in terms of the workload and stuff like that. So April, you know, late March, April, May is when we start properly ramping up everything um and and that's where it starts the, the marketing properly kicks in and things like that so but we and we tend to launch always kind of january time so there's always that little end of january february early march kind of lull and then it properly ramps up and we start getting yeah um getting people more involved and the organization we start having to put the program into place and printing into place and making sure our guests are all right and out there they're all sorted and ready to go i get a lot of last minute requests and things like that's normally where it kicks in as everyone suddenly remembers what they're doing at the end of may and like oh crap sue can you do this and there's <laughs> awful lot of kind of fielding queries and networking and making sure everyone's all right at that side of things but the actual organization itself is is uh yeah it's herding cats but uh we, we, i'm kind of used to it now so <laughs> it's not too it's not too bad these days i'm kind of got a hang got the swing of it i think are you guys uh are you guys gonna make it this year how um it's colin's coming down and i've think, actually got a story i've got a story you you you've got a I think Jeff's got a a rock thing yeah. same weekend is it Yeah, um, I, I went to a music yeah. festival on the same weekend and tried to uh, friend of mine's going to the same to, music festival Yeah, yeah, yeah I imagine. But I, I'd actually I'd actually tried to I, I worked out where it was and I worked out the, the, the there's like a bus company that goes from local towns to this beer festival uh, beer festival music festival it's in Hatfields um, just as in just as in London in Grantham is one of those sort of satellite bus route areas. Oh, so okay. I only know one I only want no one guy that lives in Grantham. So I <laughs> messaged Ben from the 77 and said, Can I crash with you that weekend? And he was like, Yeah man, you could totally crash with you that weekend. What weekend oh, is it? And I gave him the date and he was like, 
So only weekend you can. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, it's it's been a genuine thing this year. Actually, there's a lot going on that weekend. There's a big thing going on in Bristol. There's a music festival. I think, um, yeah, I think it's actually like an arts festival or something happening in Bristol itself. Um, the the rumor is that accommodation has been absolutely mental to try and get hold of and really expensive. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a gonna. I think it might be a quieter year this year, but then it just means more artists to more people, really. So it's it's not too, not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, I think uh, it will be. I think it'll be the same as it was last year. I was hoping for more people, but I think generally, yeah, the accommodation and it, that busy weekend is going to have a bit of an impact on it. Last year, sorry, every corner I was at last year. Um, yeah, it just felt like because it was kind of the first one post everything um everything was just so joyous everything was so celebratory that every con rose tinted glasses remembrances of from last year yeah. it, just went, it was just amazing just because we hadn't been there for about three years so yeah it was amazing it was and it was really good to have we've we've definitely got like a core audience that have been there since day one and having that whole gang back together was absolutely stunning it was so good to see everybody but it was also amazing to get a whole bunch of new faces or people who hadn't been to cons obviously for over covid and this is what their, their first lawless that they'd been to it was the first con they'd gone to since covid and they decided it was going to be lawless so there was new faces from there and that was amazing as well the queue was out the door and and they had that real community kind of feel of come and join the gang come this is what it's about say hi to everyone it was just yeah really really good it was really just family come home kind of feeling <laughs> jeff yes um, yeah. i must apologize there seems to be some weird delay in the in the feed between me and andrew so we keep talking over each other and also i'm i'm quite a rude person normally so i talk over andrew quite a lot anyway sorry about that buddy um, uh, no, um, we, uh... <laughs> so one of the things that always grabs me is just how insane the um the guest list is <laughs> to be quite honest like it's it's like for anybody that loves british comics um it is uh it is who of like your favorite creators yeah yeah. Um, I remember last year that was just one of the, that was one of the things that Colin was Colin went kind of down on our behalf last year. And he was just like he was like it's just in you know it's like wall to wall incredible people that you you, you grew up loving. Um, it was up yeah. to the intention we're doing that. It was trying to get as many cool folk in as you could. Or... It's it's grown to that to be honest. It started off with two or three very cool folk who who told their mates and passed on my details, and we get more and more. It's it's grown from that from just having like literally six guests first of all, and then just building up the space and using the space more effectively so we can hold more guests and guests inviting their mates along, saying, "Oh, by the way, I want you know you should probably have a look at this guy." And but also I I put it out to the field again because we've got the community there who's in fairness knows a way more about comics than I could ever possibly know and I'm I'm an organizer I'm a networker so that's kind of where my field is rather than the in-depth knowledge of issue 64 of 2000 AD back in whatever year kind of thing that's so for for guys to come to me I usually put like a shout out to say you know who do you want to come this year and I'll get literally you know this year I think we we're up to about 200 names or something ridiculous so I'll go and do research and be like okay who can I get the contact details for who's going to answer messages so it's a combination of um, people talking to each other and coming to me and also me go reaching out and waiting for messages to come and be responded to and who's in the area that we can get to the show who's like who can logistically who can we get there and stuff like that but it's definitely 
grown over the years um, because a lot of them, again, have that community feel where they're like, you know, all, they, they go there as much as our, you know, our get, um, hunters go there. It's it's there to see each other and hang out and go and have a beer and catch up. And, um, you know, we've been working on this comic, but we haven't actually seen each other in two years. How you doing? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and I think that's going to be this year. It's going to be there's a whole rogue trooper contingent that's that's have worked on rogue rogue trooper coming this year and i think that's going to be an amazing thing to tap into just to get them all together saying hi to each other and then get them maybe on a panel and chatting and talking about it all it is such an amazing guest list um, and such an it's amazing, awesome um, just that, it is awesome um like um, i'm just looking at it just now obviously i can share it but uh, i just like like I just I, I envy you somewhat in that. Like I spent like you say quite a lot of time emailing and um and cheering uh, the the to get to try and get some um interesting fellows to come and speak to us and interesting just interesting people. And um yeah you're the guest list for this year's the guest the guest list for this year's uh, I think Yes, it's, it's, it's huge. I think we're going to see him. Yeah. Guys like Dave, obviously, John Wagner is, is a big name when it comes to 2000 AD, but Alan Grant, um, Glenn Fabry, I think some of my favourite stories about conventions is sitting having a drink with Glenn Fabry. Glenn Fabry can drink. Yeah, both, both, both John and Glenn and John Higgins as well. They're sort of three staples that I think are there for life, to be honest. They're, they're yes. our lifers right. because... <laughs> They love the show. John, John Wagner particularly says it's his favourite show, and I'm, I, I'd like, I'd like to think that it is his favourite show, and he just doesn't go to every single show and say, say that. So I'm hoping I, that I, I, I've seen yeah, him at shows. They're there for life, you know. They're going to come every single year, and I love them to pieces. They're absolutely awesome. I'm really pleased that we've got um, um, Gibbons coming along this year and Mick Mamon coming along as well because we've been trying to get those guys for Mick's been before he has been a few years back so it's been a while since he's come along um but Dave Gibbons to come along with with like his autobiography coming out this year as well it's it's a good win for him to try and promote the work that he's been working on so um yeah that's going to be a fascinating conversation as well Nice to get Andy Diggle back in the country as well. I think now that he's, he's kind of moved on to Andy's to, coming. Yeah, I can't. He's my personal. I'm very excited about seeing Andy Diggle because I'm a I'm a losers fan. I was really hoping to get Jock as well, and he can't make it. So, oh, but Lord, um, yeah, yeah um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the losers because Andy Diggle and Jock work, both worked on the losers. Yeah. So uh, very very pleased to see Andy that he's coming this year, and I'm really pleased to, that he's done the Expanse because I'm a massive fan of the Expanse and the, that comic that's done massive yeah. on Kickstarter. Very excited about that. I've got my. That, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a massive fan of those books. I'm a massive fan of the TV yes. show, and yeah. I kind of wait for the for, for the comic to come. Um, it's just yeah. yeah hopefully, use my... the the actors Played as the basis the of the characters, though, because yeah. I've got my pledges on the hardbacks of those because it's uh, it does look gorgeous. I love the art on it. It does look really, really nice. I like that clean kind of art, that sort of almost Dylan Teague kind of artness where it's like really pastel clean colours and lines and stuff I really like about it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. and I, I kind of think a story that would better lend itself to, to a long-form comic, like they can tell. Yes. I, I, know, I know that I don't... I'm, I'm not sure if they're doing... Are they doing, they're doing what went between the books sort of thing? Or Yeah, it's... As far as I'm aware, it's a standalone story Stand with the same story. characters set amongst that universe within that with that within that series of books. So yeah, it's like an in-between story, in-between adventure, as far as I can tell. But I think they've brought in 
a couple of, during the, the during the period there's there's side characters that they've brought on board that they've suddenly gone oh we could use them because they happen to know they fit in with the the particular plot that we're working with so yeah i think right. we'll see a few recognizable well, faces hopefully hopefully i said i know a lot of people know it just for the tv show i, I think it's a sin that that shori Agdashlu didn't win every major award for acting for her position, but I thought she was just absolutely phenomenal. She nailed it. Wish Chatham as well. I think those. those yeah. I would watch. I would watch those two on screen for hours. Absolutely nailed their characters. Just beautifully. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's exciting. So um, we lost Jeff. We, we, we have lost Jeff. I'm sure he'll come back. I'm here. Sorry. Hello. Ah, sounding a little bit clearer now. I can hear you. I'm trying my best. That's why I, I came out to clear. Is the expansive thing you're always going on about with the I am that guy? Yes, I. I, I, I I've, I've got a better design for that. I designed a T-shirt uh, with, with Amos and a thing, and, and the, I am that guy. If you've watched the TV show, you know yes. the exact yes. scene where he uses that, that phrase, and it's just like, yeah. I love that psycho look he's got. It's perfect. <laughs> it's he is. Like I, a... that, he's 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 my favourite. Probably him and. You know, I've I realised these are my favourite characters from the books and my favourite characters in the show. Yeah, just absolutely. Everyone loves Amos. Actually, I went on, a, on on Twitter one time and, and commented on something she said, and, and I got into a conversation with her. And, you know, and she's like, she's phenomenal. She's she's just stunning. She's in Star Trek. She's in the Expanse. She's in. She's just oh man, force of nature, just, absolute force of nature. She's amazing. She really is. <laughs> So yes, I'm very pleased that Andy Diggle is coming to Lawless. He's my yes. big fan. I'm, like, ah! <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I, I, I really like the loser. Is is uh, the losers I'm thinking of, which they made them yes. pretty. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's why I'm a fan. So I was trying to get Jock along as well, and Jock couldn't make it this year. I think he's in the states, or he's got some family commitments and stuff. But yeah, I wanted to get both him and Jock together because that would have been. I would have asked for like a full losers sketch and signed it all off and everything because that would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I have him. Should have had more of that. Sorry. You have a losers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of losers. I, I, it's the graphic novels yeah. I know I read the first comics. So I, know the I don't think I don't think they, they did an awful lot, didn't they? No. I did love it. It was the movie that got me into it, though. I saw the movie and then fell in love with it and realised it was a comic and then read the comics. And I was like, this whole thing's awesome. I love it. Great movie. Lots of, lots of comic book staples. Game and game Jeffrey Dean Morgan and um, obviously Chris, one of, one of, one Chris, of Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. Uh, and again, that was one of those films that nailed the characters, I think. Like Chris Evans absolutely nailed Jensen. Yes. As, a, as a comic book actor, like obviously yeah. he's in The Losers, he's in The Snowpiercer, he's in Captain America. He was, he was, Fantastic Four. He was, yeah, Fantastic Four. Uh, what's his Scott Pilgrim? Casey Jones. He's Casey Jones. Tracy jo- oh Jones, Tracy Jones, and TMNT. Yeah, he's. It's like how how many different <laughs> comic things is he going to do? <laughs> you know, he just keeps <laughs> on going and going and going. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about Lawless. Yeah. Um, so he's just popped up in the comments. Um, before I move on, though, Andrew Hayes is saying he went to his first Lawless last year and said it was bloody awesome. He's so looking forward to this year. Um, Colin's also a uh, Colin Maxwell, who um, is said that he'll see him there. So they're obviously they're having like a bromance in the comments, which is lovely. Um, but Colin, <laughs> Colin also told us in our group chat that I have to ask. One, he did mention this last when he came went last year. He said one of the coolest things about Lawless was the panels. Um, just like we we as like a podcast and as comic con attendees see a lot of panels. 
but Colin generally walked away saying like like the panels are lawless or like nothing else. Um, awesome. just um, so, uh, yeah, he's he's told me to ask you what panels have you got arranged for this year? So. Oh, I don't know if I'm about to give away that yet. Um, we're actually in the process of sorting them out now. So there's been some really good suggestions. Again, we, we send it out to the crew just to sort of say, what do you, who on our guest list do you want to see teamed up together and what do you want to hear them discuss? Because it's, it's, you know, it's down to the audience, you know, what they want to see and what's the, what, they, what appeals to them is what I like to know. Um, so I definitely think we need to have a, um, a battle action discussion at some point because um, obviously that's been relaunched with John and John Higgins and Rob Williams, Henry Flint and that whole crowd. So they're all going to be there. So I definitely think we need to, to tap into some kind of war comic battle action um, discussion at some point. Uh, Rogue Trooper has definitely been one that's been mentioned a few times because we've got a whole bunch of Rogue Trooper artists and creators that are going to be there. So, yep, definitely need to have a look at that one, I reckon. Um, History of British Comics, because we've got Lou Stringer and David Roach. So I think we've got some good stories and some knowledge there that we might be able to do something with. Um, the um, programme itself will be put together over sort of the, the, the course of the next few weeks. I've got to hand it in for design for the 1st of April. So I need to get me ass into gear. But uh, yeah, those are the, some of the ideas we're working on at the moment is definitely doing something with battle action, um, history of British comics. We've got a few time guest attendees. I've, yeah, as I mentioned, I really want to do something with doing The Expanse and having a chat with Andy Diggle because just the amazing success of that Kickstarter is worth tapping into. And, um, and I think we should have a, um, a sort of guest spotlight on Dave Gibbons as well, just because it's a, a first time show for him. So definitely need to get him on his own and have a proper interview with him and a, a good old chin wag and see what he's been up to so that's the plan I, 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 something I, I, I don't know if you've planned or i don't know if it's occurred to you but obviously it's it, it's, it's going to be the first year um since we lost alan grant um i yes. don't know if, you, if if there's a plan to to mark that in any way or we hadn't purely because um we did one for carlos and that right. was at the request of john and the family and things like that so it was very specific and set aside for it okay. um We've lost quite a few artists in the last yeah. few years, Adam yeah, Grant being, yeah. being one of them, but we have lost a few artists. And I don't want it to turn into the obituary con um, okay. because oh. it, it will be very easy just to do this as a celebration of so-and-so who died this year. And, oh, by the way, all these other guys died this year as well. And okay, it's, it's quite easy to turn it into. We, if there's something we could do to kind of maybe a memoriam or something like that, it might be worth considering. Um, the time goes very, very quickly over the course of a weekend. And obviously Saturday is our busiest day out of the two. So it's whether or not we can fit anything in. But I'm more conscious of respect and and I don't want it to turn into the obituary convention because it could quite easily become that with the amount of yeah. artists that are, are getting on in years over the time, over, you know, over the next few years. Yeah, that, 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 that's fair enough. I just, I just wondered if there was any, any <laughs> I know the, the, the Oscars do their in memoriam sort of five minutes or something like that. I wonder if I did anything. Yeah. That. Yeah, we could fair. certainly, it's something um, worth considering. Yeah. I'd, um, it, it, it does feel like, like you say, the, the sort of grand old men of British comics, certainly British sci-fi comics are all getting to a, a certain age where we yeah. need to, to surround them and we build up through fests. And, who is the um, um, the lad up north, the, the old chap up north who used to do the war comics, the Spitfire ones? Ian, that died Ian recently. Kennedy. Ian Kennedy, yeah. yeah he was on, Kennedy, yeah. We'd spoken yeah. a couple of times because we were going to get him to Lawless, I think, last year. And he was just like, I haven't got the energy in me to make the, the trips any longer. It's just, yeah. it's too much. It's too much said to go on. So um, it's good that we can get them to show while, while we can because it is very much of that case of, and a lot of the the old school ones these days it's like ian gibson as well as we've had him to the show a couple of times but i think he's he's, he's done 
he's done his time in shows now and he's, he hasn't got the energy for it any longer. Okay. But I think it's just as well. It's just, it's a, it's a cel- uh, like that celebration without being like memorial, you know, like um, making it a, a, bit, a bit of a, a, a down, like a down, like in mood cotton. We, um, we certainly, um, we talked about doing on the podcast uh, memorial, like a section every week where it's just like, you know, let's, let, let's, let's pay respects. And actually, when you just by purely turning it to global cons, uh, sort of global comics, and not shying away from like anybody, because obviously, um, I think one of Andrew's main points that um, he's always kind of said is like every every comic career out there has made somebody's favorite comic. I mean, there's somebody yeah. out in the world that'll pick up a comic and be like, "This is my favorite comic." Um, so when, so when, when we were thinking about well, we should maybe like pay respect every week to folk that folk that in the industry have passed away that week like when you start to look out that way to find out and to keep an eye on it was like four or five a week you know what i mean if you're looking at global <laughs> call and so it was just like oh, it's quite scary yeah. didn't it stage where that's all you're doing every week is doing the um you know yeah. kevin smith and his sort of podcast he, he does a thing called tinsel town stiffs um, we're, we're every, <laughs> no, <laughs> every week we'll talk about some major Hollywood person who's 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 passed away, sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think Lawless is an opportunity to get these guests to the show whilst, whilst they still can. I suppose not to be morbid or anything, but it's an opportunity yeah. to meet your heroes whilst they're still able to do the shows and they're willing to. And I was so happy that Brian came last year and he's uh, he's not able to make it this year because I think he's doing lots of bits and pieces in his own projects now. But that just that one chance opportunity that might not crop up again is is forever embedded in a lot of people's heads now, I think. And that's that's something to be appreciative of, I think. Cool. I think also, like, um, if you look at sort of the other side of the coin, like um, one, of the, one of the other things that I, I think... Lawless is particularly strong at doing is um is highlighting the next generation of of British based um, British based creators and, and you know you know Anna Morrison yeah. and uh, Dan Cornwall just just yeah. just, just, just name two who are both young but both featuring very regularly in 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 like their 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 own worlds you know Dan Cornwall's got um, he's always in the, he's always in two thousand AD every time I've yeah, I've um again it's something I rely very much on the community to help me with because it's just like I, I don't read 2000 AD on a, on a regular weekly basis. So if, if people want to give me a nudge and say this guy's just made it in this year and his work is amazing, you should probably get him along. And I'll go, cool, yeah, give me his details, we'll have a chat and we'll sort it out. And that's pretty much how Dan arrived on the scene, was was just sort of saying he's enough and um oh, one of the other Williams, I've forgotten his name, Paul Williams. Um, when he was before because he's gone on to do illustration and things like that but he went into he was in 2000 AD as an up and coming and it was a pleasure to have him along um, and Anna Morozova as well recently getting more into that side of things it's yeah she's coming for the first time this year and like you say it's it's yeah the old school and the new school and getting them together and making sure we're supporting the next generation as much as well and getting their own fan bases up and spreading their work and what they can you know what they can create is amazing as well I, 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 I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I've, I've talked a lot about my favourite guys, and a lot of them I got through in 2000 AD. I think the first time I seen Preacher, it was it was in 2000 AD, and then I was like, that was that was me and Garth, uh, Garth yeah. and, and uh, 
I, you know, I've never looked back since. I think I won almost everything. He was on the invite list this year. We did have a chat a few months back, but he couldn't make it. It was just too much to fit in whilst he was in Ireland with all his family commitments and everything. He was like, I can't do that as well. I just haven't got the spare time. So yeah, yeah. he was on the list, but yeah, too many other commitments. Yep. One, one year, one year. It will get it. We'll definitely plan it. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> Another question from our... Uh, um, our esteemed Colin Maxwell, he he wanted me to ask you about was the Bolt Number One anthology, or Bolt Zero One. I don't know how we're announcing it. I've not, I've not heard anyone uh, actually. Bolt One, yeah, Bolt, Bolt one. one anthology. Yeah, so um, Alan Holloway and uh, his sort of um, his group of creators are working on a yeah they've got an anthology they've done a kickstarter that's i think in launch at the moment or live uh, live imminently and the actual launch of the anthology itself will be at lawless um and yeah it's it's celebrating dave evans and his what he brought to the comic industry and things like that essentially so we lawless does the um, noble bolt award um but also in association with that alan's been working on a, a, an anthology now as far as i'm aware he's got an absolute ton of amazing artists to do just even single panels and single pages as well as full strips and things like that and done some writing for it so that's uh, kickstarter in over the next month or so and then gonna there's gonna be a proper launch at lawless that he's doing which will be amazing to see that, that, that's good so um would you, would you want to talk us very briefly through the just the logistics where when how <laughs> yeah what uh so <laughs> I don't remember myself now. I always get the dates wrong. <laughs> I keep getting the dates. Um, Lawless Comic Con is on the 27th and 28th of May this year. It's the last bank holiday. It's always the last bank holiday uh, in May, essentially. Uh, so you can all have a day off and get hung over on Monday, which is always useful. It's a weekend show. It's over the Saturday and the Sunday. The Sunday tends to be the slightly shorter day just because it gives everyone time to get home for all our creators and everything. The Saturday night's usually that everyone meet at the bar and yeah, have a view, which is always fun um we are what are we doing we've got a whole showcase of guests it starts at nine o'clock uh, gates open at nine o'clock usually tickets are on sale via lawlesscomiccon.co.uk so you can buy day tickets for either saturday or the sunday or the full weekend we do have some trader tables left i think we've got about four trader tables left for sunday if anybody any sort of anyone's small press or publishers or merchandise or t-shirt sellers anybody wants a trader table for um for the sunday welcome to come and join us um what else do you need to know tickets are 35 pounds for the day 70 pounds for the weekend um there are there is a room deal so you can get room deals uh, again on the website lawlesscomiccon.co.uk uh, there's a link to the double tree and they've done us a deal on single and double room or twin rooms over the weekend as well if you want to stay at the double tree itself so go and click on the link and all the info is there for you can you imagine can you imagine going to a con doing all the stuff that you normally do at con just getting drunk at the con and then going to your bed at the con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. What's great? What's really, really cool is because obviously most of the guests stay at the hotel overnight and the rumour was so one we one year I know we had uh, Glenn Fabry just wandering around at two in the morning trying to look for his shoes um brian bolland last year couldn't sleep so just came back down to the bar again at about half past three four in the morning where people were still drinking and joined there and went back, back up to bed again and it's that whole there's a whole atmosphere of just sort of midnight things that happen that i hear the stories about the next day <laughs> yeah i was gonna say I, I did exactly the same thing at, at granite city comic-con a couple of years ago or actually it was more than a couple of years ago it's probably about five years ago because it was before covid 
Yeah, and that was exactly the same. It was held at the Double Tree Hilton in Aberdeen. Um, and yeah, middle of the night, I think John Wagner and, and uh, Glenn Fabry were still sitting in the bar chatting to anyone. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was surreal. I had a table there, I was staying there. It was, it was great. It's one of the best bits about the con is is post con. It's just everybody hanging out and and guests and creators hanging around with fans and just sitting at a table with a pint and having a chin wag. And yeah, it's one of the things that makes it. I think it's great. We don't want to keep you that much longer. We're going to chat nonsense about the Oscars and potentially pro wrestling. So, um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're very welcome. No, good to see you guys. And um, yeah, and I know for a fact that Colin's going to come down to Lawless, but I hope it goes really, really yeah. well. I'll, I'll I'll be in a field with the offspring that weekend. I'm afraid. So no, that's why I keep promoting. Though we could do, yes, yeah, sell loads of tickets. Absolutely. We want to get everybody there. So definitely, um, get your tickets now as quick as you can because uh, we'd love to see you there. It's uh, end of end of May, so we've got a couple months to go. But uh, cracking guest list, uh, cracking panel is going to be there. Oh, we've got the Steve Dillon exhibition as well. It's something to promote on it. Is we've got oh, original art available to see. That's that's produced by the Steve Dillon family. They're going to be displaying it all in the same way, similar way that we did to the Carlos exhibit that year. And uh, that, that room is really good for, as a room to use in an exhibition room. So I think it's going to be what, something we do going forward. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing all the Steve Dillon art. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, good luck. And we'll, we'll, we'll catch you. We'll get you. We'll get you on the show really, really soon. Just maybe after the con, just to chat. Maybe yeah. just come and drink beer with us again. And... Yeah, get, get me about a week before when I'm pulling my hair out and looking really knackered and a little bit stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple of like, and you're so now, here's what Sue looked like two months yeah. ago. Before, during, <laughs> after. <laughs> totally. This is good. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you later. <laughs> Love the talk. No problem. Yeah, Thanks ever. so much for having me. You take care, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So there you go, Lawless. Lawless coming on. As I say, we added five cons last year, uh, four with Colin, and he just talks about Lawless being the best thing ever. To the point that he, um, to the point that he is deliberately like not like that. I was I was out with Colin last Saturday, and um, it's just such a big part of his like yearly calendar now for him to just be like, like, like we're, we're there's always that conversation with other creators, and they're like, so what what shows are you doing this year? And he's just like, yo, I've got this one, and I've got Lawless. Do you know about Lawless? Let me tell you about Lawless, and it's like. Fair enough. Um, right. if, if I could only do two shows shows a, a year, it would probably be a lawless and thought bubble, I must admit. Um, yeah, I think if I was um, as it, for me, it's purely it's the same weekend as Slam Dunk. Because Slam Dunk deliberately sets itself on that weekend as well, which is the only reason I miss lawless. As I say, um, one one of these. Years there's, there's a way to do it, but um, and actually, I was hoping to do it this year, where um, eh, Slam Dunks and Leeds on a usually leads on the Saturday. So I was thinking if I did like Hatfield on the on the Sunday, if I did like Wallace on the Saturday and then the, the London leg of Slam Dunk on the Sunday, that would work. Um then for some reason Slam Dunk decided to make the London day the Saturday Saturday as well. Yeah, so I'm just gonna say anyway, I've um he's been I, he jumped out, he hid for twenty minutes, but he has been here the whole time. Oh, is he, is he back to yeah. the He's here the whole time. <laughs> I, I could have I just politely nodded for 20 minutes, but I thought I'd rather give our guest uh, more screen. It was, it, it gets the thing, we should we should definitely build up some kind of system where it's like we take it in turns to ask a question, Jeff, because yeah. we just end up talking over each other uh, all the time. 
there's definitely something going on with the um, we talked about this before. This is the bit of the podcast where we talk about our technical issues that we we, we have. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shit laptop. And basically, means that like sometimes I run a wee bit later than everyone else, or a wee bit quicker, and uh, it's quite annoying. So we're we're working on that. If you want to help fix that, please send us money so we can buy better computers. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we've done beer. Um, does anyone have anything they want to chat about comics this week? I know we had that chat before where we were like. Um, who's read what and stuff. Has anyone read anything or got anything comic-y they want to talk about? I've not read anything, but I did put a wee comment in, in, in the comments um, earlier on the day. We've got, um, for a Kickstarter, which is coming to an end, and it's, it's, it's friend of the show, um, I don't know if you remember, Will Thompson, Jeff, um, he did yeah. a comic called Mechaton. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. It's the, um, it's the one where everything's a mech, isn't it? It's pretty cool. Yeah, basically, you touch, yeah, if, you, if you touch this thing and, and you're touching a, a mini or something like that, you become a mech with a mini and things like this. Uh, and it's a great thing. And he's, he's got a he's got a Kickstarter running at the moment, and he's, he's, he's in six days to go, and he's, he's still got a wee bit to go. So I thought we could give him a wee shout out. Um, oh, no, if, if you find the link, you can put it in the comments. I'll put it up. I absolutely have already done that. Yeah, put it in the comments. That's what I said to you earlier on. I oh, yeah. put it in the comments. Oh, actually, I am. I all right then. <laughs> Here we go then. That's so, the one. I um, I backed Mechaton One. It's really, really good. Um, and I'm, I I really really enjoyed it. And then was like, I want this as a trade paperback. So I've kind of been holding off on. I know he's done like two and three. Um, yeah, well, so this this is the trade that he's, he's thinking now. So it's the five issue run, which he can get as a PDF or he can get as a as a, as a physical copy. Um, yeah. So yeah. Just great art, great great story. It reminds me of like cartoons I used to watch. When I was yeah. about 15, 16, that sort of, uh, well, you know, when we were quite young and it was like, um, what was that? Uh, Adult Swim and uh, mm -hmm. Carnito, Cartonito, like they just um, cartoons that were um, cartoons that were maybe just a wee bit older than like what we were watching before. And you're like, oh, this cartoon's made for my age group. <laughs> um, that's what, that's what uh, Mechaton reminds me of. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Ah, yeah, I haven't read anything this week, but I did go, I did my first con of the year. Um, and it, it, oh, yeah, I was, I was Howden Park in Livingston, unfortunately. Can you make it? You had a yeah. great day, apparently, yeah. Oh, it was, um, so, actually, like, I was going to mention that we were talking to Sue there, but um, it, it was very, it was quite small. It was in, it's, I'd, I'd never been to Howden Park Centre. It's, um, it's in a beautiful part of Livingston, actually. So we went through, but, um, I thought it was closer in my head. I thought it was closer to the town centre than it was, which caused me a wee bit of anxiety because you could actually see the town centre. Howden Park kind of sits on a hill, so you could actually see like the main shopping area of uh, Livingston from where we were standing. But actually, it was it was lovely. It was small, but it meant that like people people had longer to talk to you, which is one of my favourite parts of a con anyway. But also, um, people that were there were there to buy comics you know that's why they chose to go um, yeah. um so like people were coming in and just chatting to you and then buying your stuff so it's brilliant so like in terms of like attendance it wasn't it was not nearly as much as it would be at um like thought bubble or your or your acme or something but actually when you go to acme and it's like the queue goes out the door and then all those people constantly pass your table without speaking to you it's a bit mm -hmm. of a it's a bit of a soul destroying experience at times um Thought Bubble, where folk are talking to you, but there's just so many other comics that they can uh, that they that to choose from that actually 
you often, you know, you'll talk to them, you'll give them your sales pitch, and you'll tell them about your comic that you've worked really hard on, and about that's really nice. I might come back. Whereas that didn't, ha- that didn't happen in Singhound Park. It was one room, and they got to speak to everybody, and everybody just came around and boxed up. So actually, like Jeff of the Juniors is officially out of print. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so I um, um I uh, have to get my second issue done because part of the part of Jeff the Juniors 2's Kickstarter will be the printing for issue the reprint for issue one. But um it was just it was a nice wee event, it was really inspiring, got to meet loads of comic creators, and by the end of it I was like by the end of it I was I, I went home and wrote three pages of Jeff the Juniors and um I negotiated with a Dunfermline based creator. Monroe to make the the issue that he's going to do the cover for issue four of the Spirit of Inky, just um nice. a young guy from the that was that was car sharing with me and Colin just got chatting to him and I was like and he showed me some of his art and I was like would you like to do my cover for my new comic and he was like yeah so done, done deal so <laughs> just really good came away with uh, came away with some money some new comic ideas and a cover artist and just a wee bit more love for the comics than I've had in a wee while. Um, yeah. We events can do that for you. I think it's like it's, it's easy to get burnt out on big events. You say when there's you know when there's two hundred tables, you're all vying for the sort of small amount of money, and the bigger an event as well, the more a person has paid to get into the event, um, and yeah, the more they get that. into an event, the less they've got in their pocket to spend at the event. So, um, you know, uh, we events that didn't charge much to get in, usually you do a wee bit better. I thought I thought so. As the folk that were there. So it, was, it wasn't you know, in center, so there wasn't a lot from the seasons. And uh, which I've I've tabled that. And oh, are you? That's annoying. You're kind of back now. That be back now. Yep, that's your back. I was just gonna. All I was saying was, uh, oh, I was saying sorry, sorry for disappearing for a second. Was it? Um, I've done I've done events that are free in like shopping centres, so but people that are visiting the shopping sh- the shopping centres aren't looking for comics. So you're talking to people who are just doing like their Saturday shop, or they're you know mm-hmm. they've come out of Primark and you're you've got a table there, so they have to speak to you. Whereas um, uh, whereas this again, it was away bit from the town centre, so the folk that were there were there because we were there selling comics, and they wanted to meet mm-hmm. us and chat to us, and that's just good. And uh, I mean um. Steve Ingram was there. I spoke to Tanya Roberts for a wee while about she's really excited because of the new Turtles movie. Um, obviously, she's she's an art. She's been an artist on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, so she's like, oh yeah, like she's like, we talking about my comics again, which was really fun to hear her chat about and um, uh, chatted to. I can't remember their names, but they're lovely, and I hate the fact that I can't remember their names. But the the, the couple that um, sell the the in the in the Age of Magic comics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lovely couple that we that um, we met in um, we met at Thought Bubble this year, but they were there with their own table, so I was chatting to them. I was across the hall from them. Uh, Matt Cooper, who does a uh, scroll and does drops, who was opposite us at the first Acme, um, just a good good squad of folk. So yeah, Dave Craner. <laughs> nice, but nice to see Craner. Nice to see him again. Might we not see him until Thought Bubble, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a hug around. The, the, one, the one I was missing was Ben was supposed to be there from the 77. Mm. And uh, the 77 didn't end up coming. Um, I've not spoken to them, so I don't really know why. 
Um,
It's all good. No, I, everyone needs to get along to Kingdom Comics on, on yeah, Saturday yeah. if you're in the area because um, it's, mm. it's a big deal. Thank you so much for everything you've done to the for the comic industry and uh, the comics community and Fife. Thank you for uh, thank you for just almost giving up giving comics to me eight years ago when I was fucking I found out I wasn't gonna get to go home and I had to spend like an indiscriminate amount of time an undetermined amount of time in the hospital. Um I just walked in and was like, My wife is about to have a baby, I can't get home, I need something to do, and I buy comics and you're like, Yes. This is the comic shop. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem at all, mate. I, I, we've told that story so many times now. I genuinely wish I remembered it with the fondness that you did. Oh, <laughs> probably do that. You've probably done that thousands of times, to be honest, man. I've done for, for many times people people come in the first time I meet them. I mean, it's like pe people didn't make an impression until about the third time they come in. Um, and I think it was about the third time, third or fourth time you came in that I started to notice you as um, the lad with the very suave shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was like on a, on a Saturday morning. You don't expect to see somebody impeccably dressed with a really, really bright shirt on a Saturday morning. No, I'm not, and particularly as a comic shop owner, most people who come into my shop are like me. They're kind of heavy set <laughs> guys in hoodies with beards. You know, it's just, it's, it's. I don't know. Yeah, sure. And it, we're, ab we're absolutely. We've, there's a type. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, you you would swan in like you know James Bond and almost a. A three-piece suit, <laughs> beautiful, beautifully tailored. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, man. It's, it, it, it'll be, it'll be sad. Come along to the weekend. We'll have some cake. There'll be some non-alcoholic drinks. Um, and yeah, there's every chance uh, you'll see me weeping in, in the back <laughs> of the shop uh, as we get closer to four o'clock. But, but, but bittersweet. Come along. Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, assorted geekery. Now, let me click the one, unless we've got anything else to say. Um, uh, first things first, then, as we said, Kehu Kwan. Short round data, however you, want, however you want to remember them. Um, Oscar award winner. Oh, Oscar award winning. And Michelle Yeo. Mm -hmm. Michelle Yeo, am I saying that right? Ah, Michelle um, Yeo. Of Star Trek fame, and you know yeah. this phenomenally good movie that we we, we raved about. You, did, you have watched it now, Jeff. Yeah, did, uh, you did get around to watching it. No, no, obviously. <laughs> not. No. I know. Sorry, just put it out there. No, um, eh, eh, no, I haven't yet. I I just I just it was so surreal that I was like, meh, I'll come back to it. I said at the time, I, I was blown away. Like I, As far as I'm concerned, this is the first sci-fi movie, out-and-out sci-fi movie to dominate the Oscars. I know, you know, best directing and best art directing and things like this has gone to Lord of the Rings movies. And, and there was a couple of nods to The Dark Knight when, when, when Heath Ledger died and things like this. Mm. But for, for years, there's been this kind of, you know, snobbery almost about sci-fi movies and genre movies and stuff like this. So for what is an, you know, a, a phenomenally fun sci-fi movie to have swept, almost swept mm -hmm. the board. You know, yeah. apart, from, apart from the best actor, mm. it swept the board. And, and, and you know, the, the, the top actor in the show got, in the movie, got the, the best supporting actor role because Michelle Yeoh almost carries the movie on her own. Mm. Um, but yeah, to, to be a genre movie, but at the same yeah. time be a movie about Parents dealing with their child coming out and yeah, uh, issues surrounding that. It, 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 
yeah, my favorite Oscar winner in years mm-hmm. was this movie. I, I'm yeah, going to yeah. start pitching it to people right. as a really good mother-daughter movie. Yeah, and not tell them about anything else. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just about a mother-daughter coming together, and you know, the the sort of the older generation dealing with what the, 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 the stigma around having gay children and stuff like this. And yeah. That's all. Let's not mention anything else about it. Let's not mention yeah. the, uh, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the the laundry and taxes. Yeah. Was it the, the, the one where the, the one where the guy they have different? Oh man, you'll you'll know the scene exactly when I, when I come to it. But the one where the guy jumps into the air and Freddy goes his legs. Ah uh, yes. In, in, in order to satisfy certain conditions and and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just so funny. It's just such fun. Um, the, the drama that can be got, get in from two rocks sitting on an edge <laughs> talking to each other. <laughs> yes. Um, I was in the Odeon and everyone laughed at that scene. And just, like, I've also been, like, it was a long scene as well. So yeah. it's the fact that there's complete silence from the movie and there's complete silence from the audience. We're just quietly reading subtitles of a conversation between two rocks. <laughs> it had moments like that in this movie that were just so amazing. Mm-hmm. It is on my to watch list. I need to get it done. Um, I, I feel like an asshole for not having seen it. Also, at the point out though that uh, uh, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe got their fourth Oscar this year. Right. Um, Which one won? Uh, well, uh, I was going to pitch it for music. Rihanna for Black Panther. Is that the one? Four. No, um, that was nominated. But I didn't win it. Okay, it was best costume design for Black yes. Panther. So like they, they, these movies are never going to win. I know a lot of people are like, you know, Angela Bassett was robbed and stuff like that. She absolutely wasn't. She she was decent in the movie, but Michelle, Michelle Yeoh was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis um, ah, was phenomenal. Sure was Anyone who can you know get an Oscar for doing the things that she did in that movie, the fingers. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I think we're still a few years away from superhero movies. Get into the the Oscar winning stage, and and quite rightly, they're no, they're, they're, you know, they're no as good now as they were three years ago. No, totally. I, I thought it was quite interesting, and I was speaking to a pupil about it at school actually, about like um, about the MCU and Oscar films. So that, as I said, the MCU have only have got four Oscars, mm. um, in the twenty eight movies or so that they've made, but like all four are for Black Panther movies, also so, for co- costume design or or, or artistic yeah. design. Or, 2019, it won Best Costume Design again. It won Best Original Score from Ludwig Garanza, which mm-hmm. actually um, was that um, the score for Wakanda Forever was one of my favourite parts of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. So actually, um, I would, um, I, I'm going to go back and listen to the original score for the first movie because um, yeah. it's the same guy. And uh, it, it won Best product, uh, best Production Design as well. Which... Um, I don't not- think... Like Wakanda looks nice in these movies, but I don't think the production design and the costumes are any better. In in the, the, maybe the costume design because they've got all the the Dora Milaje and stuff like this, and it's you know it, it can be phenomenal, but um, it does smack a wee bit of inclusivity. It was you know it was it was a you know it was a, it was a, it was a, a black movie made by black actors and black creators and stuff like this. And um, at the time, the, the the Oscar committee are getting a lot of grief for not being inclusive enough. Um, so it was an easy one to give to give Oscars to. But I think that you know they they're only ever going to win 
these movies, you know, costume design, set design, special effects, if there is such a thing, or, you know, and scores, some of the scores in the Marvel movies are, are, are second to none. I think they're brilliant. I think that I think Avengers should have won best best original score. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I think so. Endgame was, Endgame was nominated, I think, but yeah. Yeah, I thought the Endgame, the Endgame I, score was great. You, you don't know what win. I, I don't remember what wins on the years that they, that they won. Um, yeah. So. I just can't remember when they come out. Um, have a look um, if you are a radio listener. Um, um, we know that there's some of you out there. Um, on our on our Facebook comments, we're getting some really, really good Kickstarter links here. We've got the, obviously the link for um, This Comic is Haunted, and we've got the, the links for uh, Lawless Comic Con as well um, from this week. Um, thanks, Ben, for putting that up there in the comments. That's Andrew Andrew getting involved in the chat, saying um, so the Sentinel, Sentinel Comics have got a launch for their Bolt 1 anthology tomorrow, and um, yeah, he even gave us a wee shout out there. So the Sentinel comic guys are, are friends. You know, we've had them on the podcast before, um, and uh, it's good to see that again. They're they're doing so well. Uh, that's Stu back in the room now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apart from the Oscars, apart from yes. what's your highlights this week? I know what mine's is. Will you start us off then, my man? Really. It's Ted Lasso. It's Ted Lasso again. Ted Lasso is back. The first episode was, yeah, chef's kiss. Just everything that was great about the first season was there again in, in, in the second season. Um, you know, and in, in a week when I've, I've watched Kenny Shadow and Bones back and I've watched the first episode and Star Trek Picard is doing pretty well and, um, you know, there's all sorts of good stuff out there. Ted Lasso was my absolute favourite moment of the week. Ted Lasso, Apple TV. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to work out. I remember I I got is it last year they did like the month three Apple TV thing for a while. Mm-hmm. I remember I can remember what the occasion was, but I just wired through all of Ted Lasso and all of um, Mythic Quest. <laughs> like, There's a new season of Mythic Quest, so if yeah. you wait till Ted Lasso's out and then pay for one month or or try and get a month three and then just do the same again, you get season three of Mythic Quest and. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think I might just get it because I actually I might get it because I want to watch Ted Lasso as it happens because it's so good, such a good show. There's like you know there's a show called Shrinking. Um, yes, uh, Harrison Ford and and one of the guys Jason from Siegel. Jason Siegel, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is, is hilarious. Um, there's you know some of some of the best sci-fi of the last year or so. Severance is on Apple yes. TV. If you haven't seen that yet, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the big joke about everybody's got a uh, everybody's got a show on on Apple TV now. They seem to get some some massive names to come mm-hmm. and be in their shows. Have you seen that? Really, um, it's not compass isn't the right word, but that Timothy Chalamet advert where he's yeah. looking at, at Apple like adverts and trailers, like oh man, Ryan's got a film, Will's got a film. And he's just looking like there's these serious movies, and he just turns around and looks at the camera. And he's like, Apple, call me. And I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. <laughs> You're not that big a name, Timothy. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've talked about Timothy before. He shows up as like, for me, it's like every show he's got. It's like he just keeps giving, getting given opportunities to do something, and it doesn't quite live up to the hype. So he's like, it's almost like. He's actually doing all right for himself because he's 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 been given like chance in my sort of headcanon, he's been given chat 
If it's the same guy I'm thinking of, that Timothy Affelant, is that how you say his second name? Is that how you Chalamet, uh, the lead actor in Dune. Sorry. Are you thinking no, of Timothy Oliphant? Sorry. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. I'm with a different Timothy. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, he's he's he, he's great at what he does as well. As long as what, he he plays one character, um, he simply plays the same character in Deadpool and Justified. Fundamentally, you know, it could be that you know the, the character for Deadpool's great grandson is the character in Justified that he plays. They're fundamentally the same guy, um, and uh, and he's brilliant at that. And he was in the Mandalorian, playing a variation of the same guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's not yeah. got he's not got a lot of depth. I don't think he's not got range. Mm. Timothy Oliphant. Uh, sorry, I was I got my wrong Timothy. Yeah, the, the guy you're talking about. I've only ever seen uh, I've only ever seen in adverts for June because I've not seen June yet. Yeah. I I, so. I I don't know if this is going to be controversial, and I apologise in advance if it would. If it, if it is, um, June was a great looking movie, but <sighs> I'm not going to use the word boring. But I'm not not going to use the <laughs> word boring. <laughs> okay. You know everything everything that was talked about, everything interesting happened in the trailer, and mm-hmm. I, I think the second one will be better. The second one has more action, and you get more more Zendaya and things like that. You know. Um, yeah. And I know it, fundamentally it was a very, very difficult movie to make, a very, very difficult book to to, to make into a movie. But mm. yeah, I just think it, it just wasn't what I hoped for. I think that's mainly that, that's the um, that's mainly that's what I've, I think I've taken for anyone, everyone that I know that's seen it. I've heard other people like kind of just what you said about Ted Lasso as well is like a lot of folk are like. Choosing to wait until the second part comes out and then just watch it as a winner. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like I say, it's, it is one of these things that would. would, would but I think particularly, I watched it with a bit of fear because if it, if, if that movie hadn't made enough money, you wouldn't have got a second part. It would, it would have been David Lynch doing it all over again, yeah. where all you get is half the story, and 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 the, and the second part was never made. Thankfully, it made enough money that they committed to it, and and there's you know the second one. Um, I think is in production already. Yeah, um, yeah my understanding yeah. wasn't quite soon. I, I thought was it not like a back to back production anyway, or possibly this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is yeah. it? There you go. I'm going to check this now. Maybe like yeah. the, the the later half, definitely, because there's not been any teasers or trailers or anything. But I'm pretty sure it's supposed to fall in 2023. No, release date is the third of November. This year, I can wait for that. Yeah, third of November, which is the same month as the, the same month as the sixtieth anniversary of Doctor Who, which is all November is going to be for me. It's just watching Doctor, Doctor Who, massive Doctor Who. Yeah, are they doing? Are they doing? Yeah. Are they doing are they, they'll be doing a big crossover event for Doctor Who, aren't they? I mean, they've brought, um, you know, almost everyone's favourite. It's not a spoiler. It happened months ago when you, when when the regeneration was. Everybody I've knows. I've got a friend. I've got a friend that um, I know is watching it, and they start from the beginning. And when I speak to them, they're like, like they, they they've just finished season four, which is when um, Catherine Tate's character disappears. And they're like, "Oh, I'm sad that she's going." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Yeah, it's sad, well, isn't it? It's sad. It's, it's... If, if, you were, if, if you were worried about the lossy, you know, if you were worried about what happens next, 
I can tell you what happens next is the best thing ever to happen to the new Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's exactly that, what I was saying today. I was like, I was like that is oh, Matt Smith. Because be- Matt Smith, I know, I know, I know Dave, people love David Tennant, and if we had a, a vote on here, I know, particularly because we're based in Scotland, our fans unanimously would say, oh, David Tennant was the best Doctor. Matt Smith was phenomenal. He was incredible. He's quite soon. So we're up with we, um, season four. Um, we're, we're chatting today at work about season four. So um, we're looking at uh, the year of like they did like two or three of those like one off specials. Yeah. And then you had, and then you had the two parter over Christmas, which is the the end of that sort of weird mid season. And then that's when Matt Smith takes over. So yeah, yeah. I did. I, it comes up on you like. It comes up and you like I've I've sort of been watching dropping in and out of episodes, um, to 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 chum my pal who's trying to watch it from the from the beginning and just be like oh yeah like this is a good episode that's a good episode, but um, it's like this the first four seasons are really solid and then all of a sudden it just it's kind of like when the initial love for Doctor Who and the BBC started to wane a wee bit and it starts to get like yeah like you get two, you get two movie sized episodes a year and. Which are really the same as the, I mean the quality wise of, of, of those first three seasons, first four seasons. You know some some of the, the best standalone episodes of, of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Blink Blink I think is possibly the best standalone episode since yeah. they relaunched. I don't know. It was it was a tenant and he wasn't in it very much. But yeah, it was it was, it was a doctor. Right? So the reason they did that, um, I was talking about this recently as well. Actually, the reason they did that is because it was like a thirteen episode filming schedule mm-hmm. per season and what they did was they would do like a Doctor Light episode once a season so they could get a 13th episode without without burning out like the, the Doctor yeah, yeah. Um, the lady from the the lady I walked past the lady in my street um, there's a the, the lady that is the the paving slab and she's also moaning Mur- I can't remember her name oh she's yeah, yeah, moaning, yeah she's moaning Myrtle in the um, Harry Potter films yeah, she, she works, really, she works just down the road for you, doesn't she? She was walking her dog when I went to pick up my son from Beavers earlier. Um, her name is that's just because that's the kind of life I live. It's Shirley Henderson. Um, she's in like every Scottish program ever. She like episodes of like everything. I'm trying to think of an example. Like if there's like a Scott, a big Scottish drama. Yeah, yeah. Just, if, she, if there's like a Scottish drama. <laughs> Um, hi, uh, she was in the one with the. Uh, um, she was in something big recently, and I can't remember what it was. She does voices for like Star Wars and stuff. Yeah. She lives on my street. <laughs> it's totally weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, and she's got a nice wee doggy, and uh, she walks. She, we've got no man that lives around the corner from us, and she walks his dog for him as well. She was in Train Spotting. She was Gail in Train Spotting, um, and she was in Happy Valley recently, which was kind of like the big. Mm. So. There's pro- pro- proper actor. It's your dog in my street. It's here sometimes. Though. Yeah, probably. Like, like Hollywood, Hollywood like level caliber actor, but obviously. And all she's thinking is, the there's problem. that boy pointing at me again. Yeah, it's that boy in that weird beer podcast. That well dressed yeah. man's pointing at me once again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we feel, I do feel like um, we have to because when you came on this afternoon, obviously me, 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 me and Stuart are, are in our normal t-shirt and a, a pair of sweats sort of thing. And uh, when you came on to start this, you still had a tie on. You were like, "Yeah, you're like, I'll, I'll slum it, lads." 
So you saw me quickly. So look like you guys can make it to film up. Film up. Don't look more comments. Are we good to go? Yes. My name is my name is Jeff. I'm 34 years old and I, I like beer and things like this. And I, I'm looking for fun and adventure. <laughs> morning, Myrtle. The beach, you know. <laughs> There's morning, Myrtle. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, my, 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 my geekdom this week, my sort of geekery, um, the thing I've enjoyed this week is Picard. I started yep. watching Picard. Really good. Um, massive Star Trek fan. Um, wanted to wait until Picard was maybe three or four episodes in before I jumped in. Um, watched, watched the first couple this week um, really enjoyed the banter between uh, Riker and Picard uh, yeah. if, if, I quite like that I quite like that it's made kind of broad strokes with with the um, the legacy that is Star Trek The Next Generation the idea that Beverly spoilers for those that haven't seen it the idea that Beverly Crusher once they kind of all disbanded from the Enterprise she just stopped talking to everybody so it kind of deals with that which is really interesting and I'm like, actually, that's quite a that's quite a big step in the legacy of these characters that she just hasn't talked to anyone for 20 years. Just dealing with that, and um, and other aspects of her relationship with Picard and stuff like that. But, um, I, I think you know the standout for that episode, this season has been for me, um, and it's all it's all good and the things are less. Uh, but this new captain, this this Chris, whatever his name, he's hilarious. Yeah. Like I want, I want. That guy to get his own show with his, you know, with a, with a SME. Yeah, I think that's what it says. I quite like that they, they kind of cast him as a prick or yeah. not a very nice guy in the first episode, but actually, his um his reasoning for his decision making is, is really sound. Like every time the, you read, he's like, Look. The reason, in the last episode, his his reason why he is to Picard and, and Riker how he is, um, absolutely understandable and and yeah, as I've seen one of the highlights of. Of, of the show so far, um, I, just like that, yeah, I like this kind of his idea that you well, use our cowboys that just do random fucking weird shit all the time. And he's like, yeah. I've got like I'm trying to look after my crew and follow and, and people regulation. Die. People yeah. die. And he's you, like, you do these things and you're heroes, and but people die, and then you you know you swan off again as a hero. But yeah, there, there, yeah. there are people left behind. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's been great. Like you say, a bit of dick, but. That, that that that's great to see. There's there's Anson Mount's phenomenal in these shows, but he's he's, he's you know he's like a an Arthurian knight. He's he's so true and right and proper and things like this. You know, uh, I want somebody that's going to go. You know, a wee bit a wee bit more like Captain Kirk, who was shagging aliens and you know it's like uh, the, yeah. the prime director of Canada. Ah, nah, blow up their planet. Fuck it. You know, <laughs> I want a wee bit more. I, I, I want a bureaucrat. I want a bureaucrat or like a utilitarian in space. I want somebody that's just like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but actually there are rules. And we do, you know much, just do, you know do you know how much phasers that? cost? <laughs> <laughs> You've kind of got that a wee bit in Discovery with, uh, with, with um, you know, what's his face's character? Doug Jones's character. Oh, yeah, man. Saru. Yeah, totally. Saru, aye. He's a wee bit Man. like that. I, my, my, I, I saw a, I saw a, about a meme about Star Trek Discovery the other day, and I chuckled at it. It was like um, it was like a, somebody like highlighting the the Netflix description of an upcoming episode, and it was like the Discovery find himself in danger, and it's up to um, it's up to Michael to save the day. It's like all right, that's just every episode of Star Trek Discovery. Every single episode. <laughs> Michael Burnham saves the day, and it's like 
yeah, that's just every episode, isn't it? They find themselves, she does something she's not supposed to do, but it ends up having a, a positive result. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Alan Holloway, who's uh, Holloway, sorry, he's one of our friends from the and uh, the editor on Sentinel Comics. Saying, yeah, there's a the boat one, a tribute to Dave Evans is launching tomorrow on Kickstarter. So if you're interested in that, uh, the official physical unveiling is at Wallace. But um, if you want to back that Kickstarter, it's launching tomorrow. Um, the the link is in the description for this episode. Uh, not the description for this episode, in the comments in the Facebook post for this episode. So please do that. Yeah, sorry. So Star Trek was my thing this week. Stu, what was your geeky, assorted geekery this week? Um, other than the Oscars, me and my wife have been watching a Netflix series um, called Physical 100. Which seems to be a cross between like World's Strongest Man and Squid Game. <laughs> That's amazing. I watched I watched that and I, without wanting to seem racist, uh, which I'm not. But <laughs> it was really difficult. It was really, like because there was a hundred of them at the start, and then they were talking. Yeah. And it was really difficult for me to tell who was who. Yeah. You know, and, until they got into the last six or something like that, and then a couple of episodes seemed to take a long time to do the thing. Yeah. But as as uh, looking at it from the point of view of is what they're doing physically fucking impressive? Mm. Yes, yeah, it's no. absolutely phenomenal. We've just finished um, the the episode where you had the three teams having to shift the one point five ton ship, and <sighs> then reveal the the five uh, sort of games that they have to do yeah. on like the the fourth quest. Honestly, I was like shouting at the telly for that that quest where they had to move the ships. Yeah. Like when the first team nailed it, like when they were lifting it and moving it, and then seeing the other team struggle and do it the well, the wrong way, and then the last yeah. team, which was like the stragglers, like it was it was horrid that the fact that all the women kind of got left to one team. The women and the injured were left to make one team. Yeah, and the fact that they ended up doing really well. Yeah. Kind of proved a lot of things, but ah, oh, the drama it was amazing. Yeah, it's good, great, Sean. You've said you've got you've you've got two or three episodes to go then, which is the, yes, the kind uh, of the, you know the the two teams left the five on five sort of thing, um, uh, and then the 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 finale between when they break it down from the, to the from the final few. Yeah, um, it, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, bloody impressive what these guys did. Um, and that's like, a, you could totally it's like when you're thinking like looking at some people like they're not going to get far at all this car dealer what's he going to be good at and it's like Christ he's amazing yeah every, every single person on there like say some of them were cr CrossFit guys I thought would have done better mm -hmm. um, but it, it, you know so, some of the some of the stuff they were doing was just not suited for them um, yeah aye, one, the one of the guys who gets very close to the end, and you you, you know you know him. He's, he's one of the most famous people in Korea, as as an MMA guy, and he's mm. he's he's like in his forties, and oh, you know yeah. it's like that scene in you know he's like he's in his forties, and he was very dapper. He came in in a shirt, suit and tie and stuff like this, mm -hmm. and it's like that scene in Simpsons. You know when um, Groundsman Willie takes his shirt off, oh, grease me up. <laughs> he's <laughs> absolutely ripped. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was it. As soon as he came in, F like. The 99 other people in the room said, like, Oh my god, we know him. We have to go pay our respects. You see, this guy's a legend. People were honored to challenge him. 
it was a sportsman that would get that kind of veneration in this country, exactly. any sportsman. Nobody exactly. would be like, oh my God, it's him. Everybody wanted to like bow to him and mm -hmm. touch him and things like that. It was just bizarre. So, but no, it's just been something different. It's something that I've never really watched before, like a, a Korean reality series, but it's also just um, really physical and there are these challenges because I was like watching the, the shows that I had on Netflix and I think it was like, Beastmaster, and again, it was just like people doing assault courses, and yeah. like that kind of, that's been stopped for a few years yeah, now. So, just kind really, of see really this, yeah, aye, stuff like that. But I like, I like, I like this one. There's, there's, there's these YouTube guys that I watch called Storer, is the kind of channel, and it's, it's guys doing parkour. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, it's, it, they're amazing. I like that sort of thing as well. They're doing a they're doing a live action. They're doing an actual Squid Games, aren't they? Obviously, yes. nobody gets shot. I'm assuming they're going to use paintball <laughs> or something like that for you uh, know, I, I mean, and stuff like this. They they're probably, trying to recreate it as much as possible. Yes, aye. I, I feel like it'll be a much like this. Although they won't be athletes, they'll just be wearing green tracksuits and probably doing the same assault courses. But yeah. Um, no, it's great. Like that one challenge where they had to like build a bridge and transport sand from one side to the other, and yeah. like they're just in the room and they have to quickly figure out, okay, who's going to be good at what task? And yeah, right, working as a team was very important up until a certain point in that show. Um, but yeah, the, the way the way it was worked out, the, the top guys got to pick the top guys. You know, yeah. at the point where it was like, right, you know, the, the guy everybody thought would be the best guy got to pick his team. And from that point on, you, you know Team 10 was going to be you know, <laughs> the, the lame and the woman and things like this. Mm -hmm. It's really a shame, but yeah, it's very good. If you've got Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. So, it's got a list, man. My list is getting bigger all the time. Do you want to start today? I don't know if this fits into sort of geekery. Um, I really like a comedy group called Anti Donna. They're an Australian sketch comedy group. They've also got stuff on Netflix. Everyone should check it out. Okay. Um, um, really, really funny. But one of their guys, I've seen them a couple of times at the Fringe, but one of their guys has started his own Aussie Rules football podcast. Um, and I and he's funny He's funny enough that I would just listen to him being in the podcast. So I was just like, right. So I've spent quite a large portion of this week reading up on the rules of Aussie Rules football. And uh, and uh, I'm a bit like Andrew. I, I just love sport, so if I can work out why someone's competitive, and uh, I work out why somebody's better at something than somebody else, and, and and I can understand the competitive nature of stuff, I will watch tandem fucking tandem kayaking at the Olympics because um, I'm all about it. But um, watch sport. But um, also, I've done it. I've I've read up on the rules of the rules football. I've done the Google. I've done a a quiz online to help me decide who my team would be. So come on, Western <laughs> Bulldogs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really, really good sport. If you come into the shop on Saturday and if, and if he's in, but it might not be because he plays. Because there's, there's, a, there's a, a team plays in Fife. Like, um, yeah. Dan, who works in my shop, plays for Kirkcaldy uh, in an Aussie Rules League. He was over in Belfast, I think, playing last last week. Um, so, so, so there is Aussie Rules in this area. We should go along and watch a game. Yeah. They um, play it. They play it. My understanding is they play it on cricket grounds, don't they? Because it's kind of the yeah. The I expect big circular grounds is where the where, yeah. where, where it's played. So, but uh, it's like it's rugby, the, the, rules are quite, um, the rules are quite. Um, sorry, I was just going to say it's it's like rugby, but played with a football on a cricket pitch by wrestlers. 
fundamentally to me is what Aussie rules is. Yeah, it's actually exactly. I read an article about it, and that's kind of what they were saying. They're like, they're built, they're they're built like rugby players. They've got the athleticism and the um, they've got um, they've got the, the athleticism and agility of wide receivers from an American football game, but they've also got the stamina of a of a soccer player. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So uh, my team, I say my team, the team that I've chosen to support this season, their first game is at half past eight on Saturday morning. So I'm dropping, I'm dropping Sonny off at judo and watching Aussie Rose football in the car park. What side do you get that on, mate? What side is that on? It is on, um, it's on, it's on one of the Sky Sports channels. It's like Sky Sports main event or something. I've got it on my phone, so. Sweet. Nice, good luck. <laughs> good, good luck trying to follow a sport you know nothing about just because you like a comedian doing a podcast on it. I, I, I think it's one of those sports. Like, see, I, I could never really get into American football. There's too many. It's too stop and starty. There's too many rules. There's too many you know, designated receivers and all that. It's just, it's just. I love movies about and TV shows about American football, but not American football. But Aussie rules is is one of those ones that I, I absolutely can get behind. Um, it's like shinty or curling. I didn't understand yeah. all the rules, but I just love watching them play. Um, I think um, I, I, one of the other articles I read said that Shinty is probably, in, in terms of like actual rule systems and stuff, Shinty is yeah. probably the closest that you've got. Um, but that, it's actually not it's not that complicated to work out. There, there's a couple of things I'm like, how would you know that? So there's like a thing like you can't run for more than 15 metres without bouncing the ball. You I think it's not, it's not exactly... You can run with the ball, but you have to bounce it once every like 16 yards or something. There's like a designated like space. I'm like, how do you know that off the top of your head? <laughs> how, that's the only thing I'm like. So obviously they must get trained how to do it, but these guys aren't able to bounce a ball knowing that they've not run an ex a certain amount of distance before they've done it. Yeah. Whereas like uh, that stuff like that, I'm like, well, that's pretty impressive. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to take over the podcast by talking about that. But yeah, that's that's that was my other geeky thing. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm going to try and follow a new sport this year. Um, pick a pick a team. The Western Bulldogs. What criteria? I always remember I always remember reading Frank Skinner's autobiography, and he spoke about the criteria for picking your team. Um, yeah. and it was it was specific to football. Um, yeah. But they said the only criteria anyone should ever use when picking a sporting team, whether it's football, rugby, or whatever like that, is you you you, you get a map, a map, an atlas, or something like that, and you put a dot where your house is, and then you get out a ruler and work out where the absolute closest stadium is to your house, and then you go there, you buy a scarf, and that's it. So there's that's no other criteria, not how successful they are, not religion, not that, That's uh, why I own a Five Flyers beanie. Exactly, right. your, your local team. That's why I've only ever su supported the most local team. Rosyth AFC. Rosyth AFC. <laughs> <laughs> you did good see Rosyth AFC last year, and it was probably my favourite football experience in a long time. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so um, I, I did the quiz, and it, like I did a quiz, and it was random, stupid questions like. How do you like your? How do you like your sportsmen to cut their hair and stuff? So it's like do you like and stuff like and it's like do you like the R nine or do you like the um and it was just like or do you like do you like your do you like your sportsmen used to have like really long shaggy mullets 
Mullets are massive in, in Australia still. Mullets and moustaches. Like, it's uh, it? Australia, I, I love it's like America in the 70s. <laughs> I take that one, because I love the mullet moustache look from, like, remember, like, Kevin Keegan in that back in the day. So, like, I, I love that look, so I take that one. So, yeah, my team that I'm supposed to follow are called the Western Bulldogs, and they're from a working-class suburb of um, Melbourne. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, good. Uh, okay, um, anyone else got any other things you want to chat about before we call that right? I don't think so, no. Come along to Kingdom Comics on Saturday. Comics uh, last day open, lots of games, lots of Pokemon, lots of games workshop, uh, lots of comics and graphic novels. Rock bottom places. Um, apart from that shameless plug. No, and, and uh, thanks for joining us earlier. Remember, uh, like, I've just pressed the button. Okay, Brad, I'm, 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 you were kind of breaking up a little bit. What I'm sure you were saying was thanks to Sue for joining us. Uh, thanks to, to to everyone who's been on here. Um, mm-hmm. Check out yeah. this comic and content to check out the, the Kickstarter for the 77. Check out the Kickstarter for Sentinel. Um, check out Mechaton. Um, you were you were breaking up, so I was trying to like. I think that's what you were no, trying to say. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Um, I didn't get that sorted. Apologies for any technical difficulties on my part this weekend. Uh, this week, okay. guys, um, we're trying to get sorted. For next and week. Uh, yeah, we shall see you next week when we have special guests. Or we do. Um, we should have um Greg, my mate Greg, who runs a. We we uh, this will be the third time that we've tried to get him on the show, and he's he's from the USA and. We always sort of so Greg, Greg Mokwin, who is the is the host on the Seer Nova podcast, which uh, for those that are taking notes is um, acronym is SNP, which I think is absolutely hilarious. But uh, the uh, the um, are an amazing comics podcast based in the Northeast of America. Greg's a really good guy who's done a lot of good things in the comic industry. He's also had me on his show a few times whenever I've had something to talk. So he's going to come on and talk to us about his projects that he's got coming up this year. Thanks, week. Awesome, guys. But until then, cheers. Everyone have a good weekend. Cheers, Go guys. Kingdom. That didn't work. I, that end broadcast.